You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Subscribe to Inclusion Revolution Radio wherever you can get podcasts. At Progressive, you can get 24-7 protection, even if you break the space-time continuum. We did it. We time traveled to yesterday. Wait, Progressive covers us 24-7, but we just created an eight-day week, and it's 24-7 coverage, not 24-8. We gotta go back. Are you joking right now? Shh, I'm calling them. Hi, I have a question about time travel. Progressive offers more than a great price when you bundle home and auto. We offer round-the-clock protection, which literally means anytime. Coverage from Progressive Casualty Insurance Company affiliates and third-party insurers and subject to policy terms. Bundle discount not available in all states or situations. This is a podcast from Minute Media. This is the Yanks Go Yard Podcast with Adam Weinrib and Thomas Carinante. Welcome to a Monday episode of the Yanks Go Yard Podcast. I'm Adam Weinrib alongside Thomas Carinante. The entire MLB raised the NFL and the NBA and the NHL. They one-upped them and the entire league is in suspended protocol. Ain't no MLB players active at this moment. So there, but we've got plenty to talk about during the shutdown, the downturn, the boring times. Sports Illustrated re-released its predictions for free agency this offseason. They got the Yankees signing someone I could not possibly imagine them signing, so we're going to dissect it a little bit. Also, a rumor that could rock the Yankees' core if New York lets their division rivals get this one over on them. They should disband the franchise. I said it today. I will say it again. Do not let this happen. Also, the Yankees added a couple more minor league signings to their pile of minor league signings. And and honestly, we're thankful at this point for minor league signings because those are the only things that can happen. So we love to talk about them, bring them on. And Clint Frazier's departure finally ended a somewhat surprisingly ugly chapter in this franchise's history. So Thomas is going to talk about that. Folks, make sure to find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. Drop us those five-star reviews. Along with a mailbag question, we'll be more than happy to answer that or any other cues you have. Catch us live on YouTube, on Twitter, one... (laughs) Two. What am I talking about? Two o'clock Eastern Mondays and Thursdays. We're going to do it during the oh, one p.m. Well, yeah, and maybe one. Maybe we'll just try one. Maybe it's better. <laughs> yeah. Uh, come check us out an hour early. Thomas Carinante, welcome <laughs> to the podcast. Uh, yeah. Merry Christmas. Uh, nothing yeah. moving, but still some conversation topics to hit here. 
Yeah. Yeah. Merry Christmas, folks. Uh, we'll have one more episode for you before Christmas. So we'll send you off on a, on a higher note uh, later in the week. Uh, my apartment's freezing. First cold sub 30 degree day here in New York. Mm. Um, and I'm finding out my windows are not insulated. Mm. Great timing. Uh, I got uh, a heater that's broken in my bedroom. So really enjoying life, folks. If you want to come live in New York, just don't. Uh, you could probably find better living situations elsewhere uh, for the amount of money you're going to pay. The experience here is great, yes, but actual day-to-day being buried in your apartment because of how the world is, not entirely worth it. But it is worth talking about more Yankees offseason stuff because what else are we here to do? Why else are we employed? Don't this is yeah, it. Don't give them any hints. We maybe <laughs> should be employed, but we are. Um, we still are. It's nice to be employed. Uh, it's nice to know that the fine folks at Sports Illustrated also still have jobs. I'm not sure what they were going for in their latest update to their free agency rankings, but it's worth talking yeah. about uh, providing us content on a an otherwise sleepy pre Christmas uh, post Hanukkah Monday. Snuck right in the middle of there. Nothing really going on holiday wise. Hope you're with your families. Hope you're safe. And in the meantime, click on Sports Illustrated's article and see some free agent predictions that sort of make you go, what is going on here? They they re-ranked their top 25 uh, because obviously some of the top 25 have already gone elsewhere. Some of them are eligible to be discussed. And, and it is what it is. Um, you know, goodbye to Marcus Simeon. Goodbye to Corey Seager. Uh, it's no longer worth it to predict their destinations because they've already got destinations. So... Job well done. I don't know if SI nailed them or failed, but, you know, it's <laughs> over. So they shoved some back-end guys from the rest of the top 50 into the top 25. Repredicted. Uh, very cool. They kept their Carlos Correa prediction on lock, which they had Tigers pre-offseason and Tigers mid-lockout, which is weird. The Tigers signed Javier Baez, and rumors emerged this week that Correa turned down a 10-year, $275 million deal from the Tigers. I don't think the Tigers are going over that especially because they already got their shortstop but if you believe that to be the case sports illustrated then that's what you believe but that does color the rest of the rankings for me a little bit in terms of how much thought and process went into these a couple people stayed stable they say freddie freeman braves braves they had him going to the braves earlier he's still there uh kershaw they're sticking with the dodgers that's wonderful they sent the yankees anthony rizzo who, sure, any one of us could predict that at this juncture. Uh, and they also sent the Yankees Zach Greinke, who I don't think was a top 25 free agent when the offseason began. I don't think he did anything to help his free agent stock in the postseason when he basically took the months of August and September off from pitching and came back as somebody who was very much barely available when the postseason rolled around and made a one-inning start at Fenway, I believe. The exact moment I believe the ALCS was over was when Zach Greinke made his teeny-tiny start at Fenway Park, got whomped, and it was like, they don't have anybody else. This series is done. There's no there no other names to appear. Uh, I was wrong, thank God. I think some sticky stuff was involved, thank God. Anything to knock out the Red Sox. But Zach Greinke was not a viable major league pitcher when the season ended. He has never been a fit for New York. He never will be. He'll never want to be. He has no interest in in trying to become a fit for New York. He hates the media in non-New York cities. He has social anxiety disorder, and this is the biggest stage in the world. New York fans have not been kind to him. Thomas Carinante, is there even a... I I don't even know if I... I I can't even be nice and say I appreciate the effort here from Sports Illustrated. 
it, do you even smell a 1% chance of the Yankees sending Zach Ranky to what, a one-year $6 million deal? Not really, but I mean, the prediction's the prediction. If we're talking about the Yankees making moves in recent years, if they want to change course and do this, it wouldn't surprise me based on what the front office is doing. They want a cost cut. They want to get a guy who's going to eat innings. Um, Grinky battled a neck injury down the stretch this past season and immediately just became like, he's look, he, the guy is not far removed from being a very good starting pitcher. Mm-hmm. Um, he, he still, I think he threw a hundred, what 170 innings this year. Yeah. 171 innings this year, even with that injury and not being available down the stretch, he stretch, he made 29 starts pitched in 30 games. Um, Two years ago in 2019, he was an all-star, 2.93 ERA, 3.22 FIP, a sub-one whip in 208 and two-thirds innings. Um, Going into his age 38 season, this would once again be a too-little-too-late situation for the Yankees. I think the only way that they even consider this is if his role is de-emphasized and he's just going to provide stability in the rotation and eat innings, get starts, uh, maybe be a guy coming in and out of the bullpen, um, but that in that event, he would have to agree to that. I don't think he's going to want to agree to that in a setting that he doesn't particularly want to be in. Um, interesting to think about if you're, once again, we consider any and all options. So I'm not going to fault SI here for going out on a limb and being like, hey, maybe this will happen. You're right. Yeah, maybe it will happen. Probably won't. We can dissect it. We can go through it all we want. Not really a fit. Um, the only way I do see if it's a fit is if he's totally, like I said, de-emphasized, not in that spotlight, not really in the crosshairs of the media. Uh, but I don't know how that works in New York because you could bring in anybody at any point in the game and they could do something bad and they will be the on the back page the next day or they will Andrew, be yeah. a topic of conversation on Yankees Twitter uh, getting flamed. So I don't know. I, I don't I don't think so. I, I, I would have to say no here. You can't say Andrew Heaney wasn't de-emphasized as the year continues. Too. Like he, he found his way out of the rotation and still managed to somehow blow three-run leads to the Baltimore Orioles down, down the stretch. Again, if the Yankees yeah. win, if the Yankees win one additional game, they host the wild card game, and I just don't want anybody to forget that that game because there's there's been enough discussion of uh seven i mean i mean look, okay now we're getting into i don't know how zach Greinke got us here so whatever holiday week but we're you know we're a lot of discussion goes on that the the domingo herman no hitter game the astros game sure absolutely but the astros and red sox one played in the world series one was a couple of wins away from the world series very good teams all very good teams have on their docket at some point a regular season game that makes you go, oh my God, jaw on the ground. I mean, the Dodgers, <laughs> when Nomar and like Marlon Anderson hit those four home runs to tie the game in the ninth or whatever in like 2007, like there are oh, games yeah. like that. It sucks that the Yankees were victims of so many of them, but like all good teams will play games. I mean, the Yankees came back from what, 7 2 down in the last thing against the Mets last year. Aaron Hicks homered yeah. with two outs. Like, Mm-hmm. It happens. Every good team has every really good team has like one or two or three of those. And the Yankees ate the Astros best game of the year. And they ate the Red Sox best game of the year. Extremely annoying to blow a three run lead in the seventh inning to an Orioles team on the road. That has just entirely given up is another level of embarrassing. That's, you know, that's one that you try to justify to yourself and, and tell yourself 162 games. They don't all matter. But then you wake up at the end of the year and John has a three homer game in the wild card game where he has one homer game and the Yankees go down fecklessly and boringly at Fenway Park 
and plenty of games you could have won along the way. But that one really stands out as like you tried to de-emphasize the last guy in your bullpen. He made you eat your lunch uh, and you blew just an unfathomable game to the worst team in baseball. So you can sign Zach Granke if you really want to. And you can say, well, you know what? If it doesn't work out, we'll shove him in the middle innings. He'll be an innings eater. Um, it, it goes both ways. Like you said, he's going to have to, I mean, I don't know why he would want to do that. And I don't know why he yeah. would want to negotiate a contract with baked in failure where it's like, you're probably going to suck in April and May. So if you do, you can be <laughs> our sixth inning guy during, you know, interdivisional Orioles games. How do you feel about that? He would probably say, I don't feel good about that. Your fans booed me for having clinical depression and anxiety. So I don't think I want to go there. Um, interesting ranking from SI and obviously we are at the lockout portion of the offseason where we're like a week away from pitching Zach Granke to the Yankees because we're bored as hell but this was a genuine predictions article and I I think they missed the mark a little bit because it wasn't I mean it was speculation but it wasn't framed as throwing things at the wall it was framed as here's my expert opinion I think Zach Granke will be a future New York Yankee which if it didn't happen at the 2019 deadline, it's not happening now. It's nothing has ever been less likely to be the thing. I the Yankees are more likely to sign Clayton Kershaw when the lockout ends than they are to sign. Yeah, Zach yeah, I'd say that. Yeah, yeah, I don't think that'd be. Sick. I don't think it's going to happen. I I was going through Kershaw destinations in my head earlier today just because I feel like I got to. Th- I mean, the the Rangers are recruiting him, and it feels like a done deal. Dodgers, and I've seen people start to say. What about the Yankees? Don't the Yankees do that? Don't they usually sign the old over the hill guys? Yeah, they theoretically have in the past, but Kershaw's still gonna, he's 34. It's gonna take $20 million to get Kershaw. I, I think you Yankee fans would be rightfully outraged if they gave Justin Verlander's money to Clayton Kershaw. I think you gotta watch the Mets. I think you gotta watch the White Sox, who have objectively gotten worse this offseason. Don't need to go too deep into it, but Rodon is gone. Uh Dallas Keuchel was bad last year. So where's the rotation help coming for them? sign Rodon or sign Kershaw. I don't know. It's interesting. And then, uh, yeah, I mean, the, the St. Louis Cardinals, I'm also thinking about. They they just got to the playoffs last year in the arms of old John Lester and old Jay Happ. So what more is three years of, of aging Clayton Kershaw? And they've always had his number. So it's a fun little reversal yeah. in the same way of like, you know, Kershaw joining the Giants feels completely out of bounds, but Kershaw joining the Cardinals, it's another career narrative wrinkle. It makes more sense than joining the Rangers as a retirement home at the age of 34. Yankees still not in that bucket for me. Uh, and I digress. This is you're just letting me talk about Major League Baseball again. Go ahead. Look, what what else is there to do? There is no news. So whenever a rumor crops up about some other team or some SI writer makes their predictions about who the Yankees are landing, we're going to get on here and say it's probably not going to happen. If you prefer better sports conversation, then I'm going to have to urge you to try the Knuckleheads podcast. If you like people rambling about sports and have less than no interest in a Yankee fan talking about Clayton Kershaw's destinations, then maybe you're an NBA fan. The Knuckleheads podcast presented by the Players' Tribune brings on some of the best NBA players past and present to have totally unguarded conversations about sports, culture, and basketball nostalgia. It's hosted by... Former NBA players Quentin Richardson and Darius Miles. You know them. You trust them. And they're in their, in, their, in their seventh season of doing this right. And believe me, they've got better guests than we ever have. We luck out and we get a guest every month and a half, two months. Otherwise, you're just listening to us rambling. This season, knuckleheads have gotten Kevin Durant, Jason Tatum, Sue Bird, DeMar DeRozan, 
they are NBA vets who know their business. It was named for the on-court celebration they made wildly popular. And they're going to have unfiltered, hilarious, and surprising conversations with everybody in the basketball universe you'd ever like to hear them talk to. It's like playing NBA 2K with no fouls. That's the Knuckleheads podcast presented by the Players' Tribune. I urge you to check that out if you like listening to our nonsense. TPT, check out Thomas's sweatshirt. We're all in. We love them, and that podcast is much better than ours. So we're trying to feed you directly there. <laughs> um, now, now we're done talking about wild speculation. Let's at least talk about a report that did emerge prior to, uh, well, during the lockout. I, I do recently. Like, I like how everybody is just dropping their. Everybody's got like three or four nuggets pocketed from pre-lockout. Yeah. That like every week they're like, mm, I guess I'll, I guess I'll say this then, which is very helpful because otherwise we ain't got shit to talk about. So it's very helpful to have that unlocked. Uh, what emerged last week? Freddie Freeman and the Red Sox, people started connecting them. Look, have the two camps talked? I don't think so. I don't know. I know nothing. But I do know that a couple of different people last week decided to be like, hey, Red Sox make sense for Freddie Freeman. Do they make sense for Freddie Freeman? That I don't know. I mean, they have Bobby Dahlbeck at first base, who was an above-league average hitter last year with good defense. He's probably not their first base from the future. Tristan Casas probably is. And he's also available to be called up. He finished last year at AAA. He's going to be up by June if they want him to be. Um, they went out, you know, the, the reason to think Freeman is a fit is because obviously we've been saying, don't let your prospects preclude you from getting good players. Red Sox shouldn't do that either. Same way. We shouldn't be like no shortstops because Anthony Volpe's coming. You can't say no first baseman because Tristan's coming. So be prepared. Uh, and the other thing is last year they pivoted quickly to Kyle Schwarber when they had the chance. They said, obviously they already have Bobby D at first and they go, oh, Schwarber's on the market. Great. Grab him. Who cares? He'll play left. He'll play first. He'll play DH. Whatever. Get players, get bats. So that would lead me to believe that, you know, with people making the name connection, you can't rule them out for Freeman. And then what leaked last week was that the Blue Jays camp had already touched base with him prior to the lockout as well. So that's another one. That makes less sense. Vladimir Guerrero Jr. plays first base. I don't think you want to move him to a full-time DH at the age of 23. That seems like a bold move, especially since he was clearly playable at first last year. But again, teams in the division are getting smart, and they're reaching out to superstars like Freddie Freeman. And if the Yankees haven't done it, as I said, I'm look, I'm not saying they need to get Freeman. I'm saying they need to talk to Freeman if the Blue Jays are doing it and the Red Sox are at least connected to him. You cannot let him you cannot let him sign within the division you can let the braves do it you can let the dodgers do it if you let the red sox or blue jays do it when they don't have a need you have a need and they don't your franchise should be disbanded if you just let the red sox go from an a b plus to an a plus at first base while you sit here with a d minus there's nobody there it's luke voigt and you don't want to play him so that's all i'm saying yeah and you look at the red sox and i know I, I'm just I'm done hearing about oh we got high and bloom dude this guy's uh, what he's the best ever he knows how to maximize talent he knows how to spend money right yeah most GMs know how to do that but Heim Bloom just traded Hunter Renfro it's clear that they have some sort of plan in place I don't know what it is but he will figure out a way to trade Bobby Dahlback and or Tristan Cassis and figure it out yeah because that's what good teams do they figure it out I don't think Heim Bloom is the greatest general manager in the world I think he's very forward thinking um and he certainly blends uh he is blending the analytical approach in in Boston with their Boston just has a good feel for sports and personalities and 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 larger than life you know type individuals so that's why it's the worst combination for us to have to talk about and deal with um, because it is a Theo. It's not, it's not Theo Epstein B 
being there, but it, it is it is of the same ilk that the type of uh, the type of thought process that goes into you know the the rallying cry that is Boston sports. Um, Yankees front office, I, they don't do they ha- do they have do they have an, an ethos? I don't even know. I don't know what they do anymore. Um, they're 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 not the cutthroat version of themselves they used to be. Um, and how many times have we seen off season after off season teams around us getting better or teams around us getting worse, like what happened last off season? And we just sat there and said, "Hey, we like our odds. We're going to stick with what's going." Um, so yeah, I think when you look at this on paper, you're totally right. The Yankees have a need. These other two teams do not have a need for Freddie Freeman. Um, that's why you have to talk and understand what's going on because if there is a situation where you can sign Freddie Freeman and take him away from one of your rivals. Look, the Yankees had their little moment in the sun, trolling the Red Sox at the trade deadline by stealing Anthony Rizzo from the Cubs. That was never in a million years. We never thought that was going to happen. We were sitting here for months on end saying, man, great cub. When the Cubs have their fire sale, we can welcome Anthony Rizzo to Fenway and he's going to kick our ass and Mm -hmm. it's going to be indisputable. Um, so the Yankees did do that. They they had their they had their one little moment and it didn't pay off because they ended up losing the wild card game to the Red Sox anyway. Yes, but did. you're looking at it you're looking at it this way. The Yankees can still find a way to to pay Freddie Freeman a little bit more money than they might be comfortable with. I keep saying 200 mil. I think that's the number to get him to sign on. Um, and then you figure out a situation with Luke Voigt. Teams are going to want Luke Voigt. He's only making five million. If, if I could have it my way, Luke Voigt would probably just be starting at first base, but that's just not the way it's going to be next year. I really don't think so. Um, but to have Freeman go to a rival where they don't have a need or they're just going to switch around and put better players at other positions, or they're just going to put really good players at other positions. I know it's not the greatest formula in the world, but it, it it's a mental edge thing that we talk about all the time. <clears throat> the Red Sox getting Schwarber was like, you you weren't like oh man this is the end of the world you were just like oh shit like they're just they're gonna they're, this is gonna work for them yeah they didn't they're forget. like they didn't forget no it's like we well, value good baseball players yeah. when no when we got Rizzo it was just like it was like oh my god yeah. the Red Sox are gonna just swing and miss this whole deadline and when they got yep. Schwarber it was like I don't know if that's the missing piece but uh well okay that's a salvo that's a you know you shot yeah. back at us you didn't forget to finish mm-hmm. and they figured it out because they're just like great left handed bat. Uh, we could put him in the middle of the lineup. We could bat him lead off. It doesn't matter. They they see the options there. Um, and then the Yankees are doing – the Yankees do the opposite. They do weird things with players who aren't that good or players who haven't entirely proven themselves. You leave Glaber Torres at shortstop for too long. You're playing Miguel Andujar and Clint Frazier constantly in the outfield. You're moving Tyler Wade all over the place. It, 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 absolutely. Gio Rochelle is playing shortstop. Jay Bruce is playing first. So – not not what you need to be doing, Yankees. We got to be thinking a little bit ahead. We got to be thinking a little bit more uh, in terms of uh, otherworldly type players if you're going to do that with. If you're going to get a bat like Schwarber, who's going to be an immediate threat no matter where you put him, that's the move you do. You don't find space for Miguel Andujar, who can't really do anything that well. Um, so, Miguel Andujar, yeah, do you see his uh, Dominican Winter League stats, by the way? No, are they good? Am I breaking this? Oh, are they good? Uh, no, they're not good. Uh, eight ga- eight games, five for thirty one, six strikeouts, one walk, no extra base hits, three forty three OPS. Played third base in four games, made two errors. So okay. yeah, pretty yeah. epic. A guy who has developed well. It, you can, yeah. by all intents and purposes, you could just objectively look at Miguel and Duhar and go, "Yep, we nailed it. He's perfect." 
It's just crazy. It's it, it, how it how it always unfolds is truly insane. I don't know how he had that good of a season. Um, maybe the shoulder injury just really derailed him in 2019. I don't know. Um, but yeah, once again, Yankees holding on to talent that they don't need to because it's not good enough, and they don't. I don't know if they don't trust themselves or they don't trust the other people behind them. But like, you got to just let it fly. You got to just get good players. You can get good players, and you figure it out later. Don't stick with the bad players and be like, oh, we'll figure it out later. No. You got the money, you have the assets, do it, make it happen. Do not let Freddie Freeman sign with anybody in this division. Cannot happen. No, Dodgers is fine. Dodgers is fine. Dodgers is fine. Cannot be anyone in the division. That's great. Uh, But they are making additions, the Yankees. Are they of the ones that we want? Um, We have no choice because they have to be minor league signings. Got no choice. Um, Blake Perkins was the first here. Uh, He was signed – what was it over the weekend? He's a former nationals um, and uh, Royals prospect five tool outfielder mm-hmm. has never really developed. you look at his uh, baseball reference page. Um, 564 career minor league games. That's 232 with a 665 OPS. Uh, I, I, the combo of speed and uh, I don't even know. I don't even know what the combo is here. I guess he came out of high school He's still young. That's the thing. He's going into his age 25 season. So I guess you could technically say there is a chance for something to happen. If the right guy gets in his ear or the right minor league organization can help thrust him in the right direction. But um, I don't know. I don't really know. I don't know anything about this guy. I don't know if this will ever pan out outfield depth at the very least. Okay, cool. Fast guy who seems to cover a lot of ground in center field based on some of the highlights that I've watched. Awesome. I don't know what you think. I don't know if you have more expansive thoughts than that, but I simply don't. Yeah, I wrote my senior thesis on Blake Perkins, so this is easy. <laughs> um, no, I, I mean, look, 69th overall pick back in 2015 out of high school. That's always worth taking a flyer on if you have yeah. uh, you know, the option to do so. Um, yeah, never ha- hasn't unlocked it for several years. Um, used to steal bases. He stole bases in 27 and 19. Uh, 17 to 19, he had 31, 29, and 22 stolen bases. He's never hit over 255 in a full season. Uh, I don't, there are no, like, there are no intriguing exit velocity numbers. There is nothing to suggest that there is an immediate breakout other than the fact that the Yankees have done really well translating these types of guys to production over the last several years. I'm not going to say he's going to take up to Elijah Dunham or Andres Chaparro and just be ripping 117 mile an hour line drives all over the diamond. And you're like, who is this guy? But the Yankees tell these dudes to attack strikes. Thomas Malone at the upper levels is a dude who over the last couple of years, you saw put up solid batting average numbers. And you wondered why is he not in the big league team? Trey Amberge ticked up the last couple of years, got a big league appearance this year, barely played, couldn't, you know, injured himself as soon as he took to the field. It was not good. Um, you know, nobody thought that was good, but Guys that you completely ignored made a name for themselves at the upper levels of the Yankees minors. Um, Ryan Lamar even came up and, and attacked strikes. You, you loved okay. what Ryan Lamar did because he, he got called up to the bigs. He'd been on like seven or eight MLB teams before, had barely participated in the action, showed you almost nothing uh, to prove that he was someone who belonged to the major leagues, came up to the bigs and immediately attacked strikes. Ripped homers against the Red Sox, used the short porch, walked off the Phillies, was was fine, was a fill-in. So... 25-year-old Blake Parker, Blake Parker, uh, 25-year-old uh, <laughs> Blake Parker. We had Blake Parker. That guy also was pretty <laughs> sucky for us, pretty good for everybody else. But 25-year-old Blake Perkins could be double-A or triple-A filler. He's going to start the year at Somerset. 
He's a switch hitting center fielder. He's going to play double A to start, and he used to be a base stealing threat before the 2020 pandemic uh, season canceled. So I don't know. I'm interested. It's some videos of him going oppo. We got a little oppo pop. Um, yeah, why, why the hell not? Uh, perhaps more interestingly, the Yankees did add a defensive-minded catcher overnight. Um, mm. That is always something they need. You know, I, I refuse. I have a cardinal rule. I am never going to shrug off defensive-minded catcher additions because I know, especially at the upper levels, it's extremely likely that even if this person doesn't break out, or become noteworthy, or make me think about him being Kyle Higashioka's backup next year when Gary Sanchez is gone. I do know that a glove-first backup is going to find his way into Major League action during the course of a season. Now, the Yankees did bring Rob Brantley back also, so we it's quite likely that Rob Brantley is their catcher number three. I'm not going to sit here and say that you know Brantley's already lost his edge as the third catcher just because we saw him last year get like 38 at-bats and hit 112 or whatever um but the Yankees did add Rodolfo Duran from the Phillies system he's a top 30 prospect uh previously for the Phils he was a top 30 guy entering 2020 ranked 20th that ain't bad you know 2020 not that long ago actually pretty recent but then of course he lost a full minor league season he had a big power season a couple years ago 2018 he hit 19 homers uh but then in the combined, uh, you know, it was in, in about 90 some odd games. And in the two years after that, about 101 games, he only hit 12 bombs. His OPS went down from 800 to the 640s. He's basically been an offensive zero in 2019 and 2021. But people love the high level catching and he was projected to be a more impactful prospect than he has been entering 2020. So, again, not flagging this and saying sure. our future is here, but I am flagging this and saying they're going to need a third catcher at some point. Why not go upside over a guy like Brantley, who is sort of a status quo type? Um, then again, odds are extremely likely, as long as he's healthy, that Rob Brantley will be the guy in an emergency situation. And by emergency situation, I mean the kind of thing that happens every year around May 4th. So we're going to see Brantley if he's here. If he's not, we could honestly see Durant. Durant. Yeah, I'm fine with it. I like the Flyers. They're taking this offseason. You can't be opposed to it. They're trying to. They're trying to get. They're trying to deepen deepen the roster uh, in the lower levels of the minor leagues and and feel confident about it if they were to endure some sort of injury situation which they always do they always do uh, like we said why do we let ryan lamarco like last year we had so many we had we had so many lightning rod outfielders who were coming up and doing things i, I he yeah he wasn't I, i'm not saying he would have turned into something great but he had two bombs in in nine games and him. walked off another i liked him great attitude like another thing like why don't you reward great attitude? Guys talking to, hey, don't know how long I'm going to be with the New York Yankees, but this is the New York Yankees, man. So I got to I gotta enjoy every moment of this. Why don't we have more people with that mentality on this team? I, he seemed like a fairly valuable dude. He's very athletic. He wasn't slow. He attacked strikes, like you said, which was a big. How many strikes did the Yankees? Is there a way we could filter that? What website <laughs> will do that for us? How many strikes did the Yankees look at in 2021? I would love to know. Because the amount of the, the the lack of aggression on that front, and then to see it from guys from like Greg Allen and Ryan Lamar, and you're just like, what's going on here? Why why are these? Why is this? And and uh, for a short period of time, uh, Andrew Velasquez, it's like, why am I even talking about this? I don't even know. I don't want to get worked up about last season, but. Ryan Lamar, I just missed. Great looking guy, too. He looks like he's from New York, and I convinced myself. I was like, oh, dude, this guy's from fucking Brooklyn. He, he knows what it's about. He's yeah. from Michigan, so he's not from here. But he looks like he's from here, so you got to lean into that, Yankees. I don't know why he's not here. We needed outfield depth. We needed guys 
who could who could put bat on ball and play multiple positions, and he could do that, and they, they just cut bait so fast. I don't know. I don't understand. But welcome, Blake Perkins. Hopefully, you're the next Ryan Lamar. Welcome, Actually, Blake. no, hopefully you're not. Hopefully, you're not the next Ryan Lamar because then you'll be discarded into the trash. <laughs> um, anyway, I can rant for a little bit longer yeah, um, go for about it. something entirely different. So, folks, Clint Frazier, officially gone. We talked a little bit about it, but uh, we left it to uh, the other media outlets. Yeah. Um, Short Porch had a podcast with him. Uh, Clint Frazier talked for about two hours about his entire side of the story. A good listen. Um, his tenure with New York. Yeah, very good listen. Um, it'll certainly make you sympathize a little bit more if you hadn't previously. Um, remember, people always have their own separate journeys, experiences, different things are going on. You don't know what's going on. You certainly don't know what's going on. You think we don't know what's going on. We're at least reading about it every day, so we're somewhat in tune. We're telling you the stuff, that, all the stuff that we're finding out on our own. Um, so, got to sympathize with these people sometimes. I know Clint Frazier came off as somebody who wasn't uh, entirely professional based on other people's standards of what they determined to be uh, tight knit and um, respectful, mm-hmm. or whatever you want to call it. I don't know, um, but uh, him getting released. Um, and him signing with the Cubs and his commentary after that, whether you like it or not, um, ended a chapter for the New York Yankees. New York Yankees acquired Clint Frazier back in 2016, as you might remember, um, in the big Andrew Miller trade with now the Cleveland Guardians. Yeah. Uh, welcome, Indeed. Cleveland Guardians. Fun times here. So, uh, and I'm here to tell you that this trade is a big loss. Big L for the Yankees. Why? So first of all, they trade Miller in 2016. Yes, you could say that the Chapman trade and Miller trade were the beginning foundational blocks for the next era of Yankees baseball. And part of it was because you get Glaber Torres there and you got a couple other guys in this Indians trade that you thought you could potentially build around. But guess what? None of them are here. This was a four for one swap. Andrew Miller went to the Indians in 2016. He helped further their World Series push. And the Yankees got back in return just as Sheffield, the pitcher, who was the centerpiece in the James Paxson deal, which did essentially nothing for us because James Paxson was injured or hobbled or ineffective when needed most. Um, He didn't have a bad tenure as a Yankee, but he missed missed pretty much all of 2020, um, and he couldn't give us the length in the postseason in 2019 that we needed. Clint Frazier was the second headliner. Lightning lightning quick bat speed, lots of stuff to like about him. Guess what? Very disappointing tenure whether it was his concussion issues or the Yankees not giving him the time that he needed or Clint maybe not being as uh, professional as he needed to be in some certain situations. Um, Didn't work out. He is now gone. He spent a lot of time here. It was a big waste of time for the Yankees. Certainly a big waste of time for him. I'm sure he'd be one of the first people to tell you that. Um, So that's over with Ben Heller was the other pitcher involved. He was released after the 2020 season. Um, so that didn't really do much. He actually wasn't bad no, either. Ben Heller good. was a totally, totally fine pitcher who we were just like, yeah, not anymore. He didn't get high leverage innings, but like he also produced like a low three sub three ERA in like 30 something games, I think in two seasons that he was in the bigs mm-hmm. or three seasons he was in the bigs. So like not bad. And then JP Fire who was traded to the Brewers in 2019. The jury is still out on this deal. Um, the Yankees got a very, very young international prospect at the time named Brenny, Brenny Escanio, Escanio. Um, and, uh, he's still developing in the minors. Uh, I believe he just recently had a solid season, but fire Eisen 
had a career year in 2021. And guess what team he's on right now? Hmm. Take a guess. You don't have to take a guess. Yeah, I know. Other yeah. people in the chat, take a guess. It's the Tampa Bay Rays. He got traded to the Rays earlier this season, um, earlier in the 20, uh, 2021 season, 2.45 ERA in 34 games. They figured out a way to unlock him. He was also solid with the Brewers um, in the short amount of time he was with them. So all of these players are gone. Some of them are succeeding elsewhere. You could look at just the Sheffield's 2021 and say, okay, not bad. You never know. It wasn't great. There were flashes of uh, potential there. We don't know how it's going to pan out, but who knows? Nonetheless, the Yankees have zero of these guys left. Hmm. And the reason why this is the most concerning is because don't you think the Yankees could have used Andrew Miller during that 2017 postseason run? Don't you think Andrew Miller may be piggybacking CC Sabathia in game seven of the ALCS in Houston would have maybe done us a good favor? Because who, who came in after CC in that game? I forgot who it was. Immediate three earned runs. I'm going to look it up. We could look, look it up right now. Yeah. Either way, you can look at Andrew Miller and look at the the manner in which he was deployed in Cleveland during their 2016 World Series one with Terry Francona calling the shots. He was deployed any which way, fifth inning, ninth inning, uh, two batters to, to get out of a jam. It didn't matter what it was. Andrew Miller was called upon to do it, and he did it. If the Yankees had that luxury in the postseason that year, I'm not saying they – maybe they beat the Astros. They, they that's, a, that's a much – that's that's one of the best po- and he and he by the way he was an all-star in 2017 too. I forgot the stats, but 2016 and 2017 by far two of his best career seasons. Yankees could have used that in 2017 instead of getting a bunch of assets and having not one pan out. It was Tommy Canley who was who was good in that postseason, but yes, he did certainly. But wasn't he overused in that postseason? That's was. the other thing that's that I'm trying to Yeah, they do. all were overused. Yeah. So, I don't it's just frustrating because you look at it and you say, "Yeah, the Yankees could have used Andrew Miller." I know it was an unexpected season. We were not sitting there heading into 2017 being like, oh, yeah, let's hang on to Andrew Miller because you never know what kind of run you're going to go on. But, you know, it, it, it really it really could have changed the course of, of how recent Yankees history went. Um, and the fact, like I said, the fact zero of these guys are here, the fact that zero of these guys have provided us any value whatsoever, the biggest value we've gotten was what, Clint's 2020 season? Yeah, 2019 and 2020. Epic. Yeah. James Paxton. A co- yeah, a combined, like, what, 100 games, 90 games? That's the value we're getting out of this. And Cleveland got two postseason runs out of Andrew Miller or whatever it was. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, bad. It was not not a good trade. It's That, the, that dawned on me because I was like, who else was in this deal? Because I knew it was a four-player deal. I knew it was Sheffield and Clinton. I was like, do we have any – any of the tertiary guys lying around? Like anybody going to pan out? Anybody going to do something? No, Mm-mm. no. Trades now five, six years old. Done. Doesn't matter anymore. We lost. We lost. Sucks. I mean, it even hurt in 2016 watching Miller lead the Indians to the the Guardians. And I suck. Uh, watching Andrew Miller lead Cleveland to the World Series as a buzzsaw was just sort of a constant. It wasn't like, wait, it, oh man, remember the Yankees used to do this? Didn't we used to be in the playoffs? Now we're feeding other teams their playoff <laughs> heroes. Like, yeah. uh, were the Kansas City Athletics from the 50s and 60s? Like, this stinks. But then, yeah, it immediately got worse because we made a comeback in 2017. Started at, you know, puff our chests out a bit, say we're back, we're big bad Yankees. But Clint Frazier didn't work out. Andrew Miller, Andrew Miller did. He worked out. He did exactly what he should have in 2016 and 2017. 
Clint Frazier didn't work out, ultimately gave us a half year uh, of viable baseball. And that's one we when we loved him. And it's not his fault necessarily for the reasons it didn't work out. But he's no longer here. He's no longer on the team. Justice Sheffield was deployed to get a pitcher who also got hurt and gave us one good ALCS start and one terrible one. Fire Eisen now pitches for our chief rival. And Ben Heller's just gone. So Glaber Torres hasn't developed the way the Yankees wanted him to. Aroldis Chapman is now back with us because we paid him money. So we've been saddled with that contract. There's not a single piece of the 2016 rebuild that you can look at and go, done, great, guaranteed, book it, part of the Yankees past, present, and future. Glaber Torres is obviously the biggest part of it, but even his future is starting to wane a little bit. And that's why I hate when people see the Yankees sitting around 500 at the deadline and want them to blow things up just for the sake of blowing it up. Don't blow anything up for the sake of blowing it up. Don't blow up a 92-win team because you think you might be able to do better three years down the line if you're given the chance to personally pilot a rebuild. I wouldn't be upset to see anyone on the current Yankees go. I You can trade anybody as long as you're getting better. You can sacrifice anybody in deals to improve. But the people who are just like, shut it down. Don't try to make the playoffs. Yankees should try to win 55 games next year. Okay, hotshot. You want Brian Cashman, you want Brian Cashman to lead a rebuild? I thought you hated that guy like the evidence that brian cashman can lead a rebuild is you know it's not zero he got glaber torres who was theoretically a part of our lives and whose regression makes no sense he got clint frazier and justice sheffield and some relievers who ended up on our division rivals i mean there's not a lot there from 2016 cashman does better in shrewder deals his best deals are small ones his worst deals are blockbusters both signings and in free agency and so if you want, I mean, you think it's so easy to captain a rebuild. You want to sell everybody off the Yankees right now. Last time we tried it, we eventually got to the postseason in large part because of other people who had nothing to do with those trades other than Glaber Torres. Now Glaber Torres, is already, his value is already waning. You want Cashman to do it again. Okay, best of luck, buddy. Genius. Baseball genius. Yeah, buddy. Best of luck. Yeah, buddy. Um, yeah, one guy who's I'm specifically thinking about here. <laughs> yeah, it sucks. I, I know it sucks, but. We got to talk about it because I, you know, I suppress enough in life. I can't suppress. Clint Frazier is gone. It makes me think about this previous stuff. You got to remember, you have to acknowledge because then you do have, you have people who defiantly defend Cashman or they are totally against him and there's no negotiating. Um, so I think this kind of, kind of sheds light on how you should probably stand. You should be a little bit more flexible in your viewpoints towards Brian Cashman. He's not the worst, certainly not really the best. Um, and not that he's not good at his job, but things haven't really turned out the way they should have based on how we viewed a lot of the trajectory. When you're selling off assets such as Aroldis Chapman and such as Andrew Miller, those are big boys and those need to those need to be the the backbone and the and the and the foundation of your next whatever you're trying to do. Um, and we just have Glaber Torres to show from that. And he didn't work out at shortstop, which was supposed to be their long-term plan. So, yeah. And maybe not for and- much longer. Um, that is it for this Monday edition of the Inks Go Yard podcast. Make sure to find us folks on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you get your podcast, drop us a five-star review along with the mail. That question mentioned that earlier. Please give it to us. If you want to give it to us, though, we'd be much appreciative if you did, you could also catch us live on YouTube at 2 o'clock Eastern, still 2 o'clock, not changing to 1, on Mondays and Thursdays. Yes, even next week during the holiday season. Just smack my microphone with my open fist. That was very interesting. But it survived. It's still providing uh, sound clarity, and for that, we are thankful. Until next time, I'm Adam Weiner, but you can find me on Twitter at Adam Weiner. 
And I'm Thomas Carinante. You can find me at Tommy's underscore takes. You can find us writing plenty of content for you at yanksoyard.com. Uh, a lot of off-season stuff there. Usually a lot of things that we discuss on the pod, and then we go a little bit more in-depth with our pens or our keyboards. No more pens. You don't use pens anymore. Definitely don't use pencils, that's for sure. Um, if you want to talk to us as well, uh, head on over to the official Yanks Go Yard uh, Twitter account, at Yanks Go Yard FS. Um, the podcast streams lives there as well on Mondays and Thursdays at 2 p.m. Um, and we also are posting our articles there enjoying some discussion with you guys um trying to enjoy life it's cold i don't know what's happening with the world anymore so all we have is each other over the airwaves at this point um and we'll be back on the airwaves in a couple days until then everyone enjoy the rest of your week and we'll see you at 2 p.m on thursday yeah hey see you on the airwaves gang bye for the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.